I don't think that it's fair to put all black people in a box and just say that, hey, we vote one way because you can't say that about any other group. I think when Barack ran the first time, the black male vote was like 96%. Right. And I think it dipped maybe like a one percentage point in the second. Second, yeah. One or two points. It's crazy. And then it began to drop, it dropped drastically in 2016. Right. What I take from that is that I think that, I don't think this is more of an indictment on black men as it is an indictment on the Democratic Party. Mm. And this is how this is what I mean by this. I think that black men are starting to become the next swing voter. Yo, this is Caesar Walker, the cool calm collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one and we are the tipping point podcast your source for sophisticated ignorance intellectual stupidity and well-articulated nonsense gatry mahorn walker we finna peace and blessings beloveds we want to thank you guys for tuning in again we want to shout all out all of our listeners guys both new and old. And if you just so happen to be a new listener and you have yet to subscribe and follow us, please do so on whatever streaming platform that you are using. Also, guys, please visit our website, which lists our YouTube page, all of our social media sites, as well as our streaming platforms. Gatry, their website. The tippingpoint.com. That is T-H-A tippingpoint.com. Episode 101. How are you, sir? Tipping point 101. Yeah. <laughs> Let's teach you something. Show you how to pod. <laughs> uh, Walker, I am doing much better than I was Wednesday through Friday. What was going on Wednesday through Friday well, of last week? If you are a human residing on this land we call United States of America, uh, you, like me, were probably a little anxious about this election that everybody was talking about so i I, i'm ashamed of myself i kind of kind of let myself get too involved in that but you know i'm I'm better now that we at least know something i find this interesting because you seem to be the type because i've learned i've learned some things about you over the course of this year right you have this tendency to you do two things you either disconnect or you tend to take the very cynical route to kind of almost prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. Am I, am I getting warm? Am I warm? No, am I kind of accurate? You're in fuego, in fuego, actually. I so. am surprised that you got a little work. I, we'll talk about me, but yeah. but let's talk about like what your emotions during over the course of. So Tuesday night was was not a good night for you. No, Tuesday night was fine. Like I was good. Really? Yeah, because like. I I knew I knew that with the whole mail so and obviously situation. obviously you wanted you you wanted Biden to win yeah, yeah. okay all right um, <laughs> did my shirt give that away uh, <laughs> silly blue, me blue lives matter <laughs> uh, no 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 so I knew Tuesday night that I was gonna you know if I was blessed enough to wake up on Wednesday that we would not have an elected uh, president I knew that. I was, okay. I was aware of the whole mail-in and knew that was going to take extra time. Right. But I was like, you know, okay, Wednesday night, maybe, but definitely by Thursday. 
So I was that person, Walker, who was waking up, looking at the phone, scrolling through. Okay, still? Okay, cool. And then uh, my wife actually got really uh, into it more than I thought she was going to be. And so we started having these discussions about it. And it's just, you know, as I navigated through the days that week, it was that angst in the air that you can feel, you know, as you're like, I'm, I'm in the office, you can feel it. Mm. Um, you know, people just, people, uh, of course, people want their candidate to win. But I think as the week went on, it was like, okay, I do want my candidate to win, but please just give me something. This just you know, ended. I just felt like that was the energy. Mm. And I I subscribe to that. So that, okay. that was in a nutshell. All right. Well, you, you got some relief. We're recording on a Sunday because <laughs> uh, as of Saturday, they it was called that Biden became the 46th uh, president-elect. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Walker? Um, well, first off, congratulations to him and Kamala Harris. Um, I... I to me, it was just interesting just to see the. It was almost like a collective sigh of relief, right? Whether regardless of who you voted for, but it's, but if you definitely voted for Biden, like we saw it, like in multiple cities, people out celebrating. Uh, one of my homeboys who lives in D.C., he was out in the mix. Uh, he was sending our group chat like different pictures and videos of people out uh just celebrating in the streets and whatnot and it to me it just seemed like a collective sigh of relief man um i like you i was i was like oh boy this is 2016 all over again tuesday night Mm. now i did know that there wasn't they were not going to pick they were not going to we were not going to find out who the next president would be tuesday night i knew that but there were certain states that were toss-ups like florida um and you know of course florida went to florida went to trump right Right. and so when he lost these states that were going to be toss-ups and he was losing in states that people thought he because again the polls were off again yes so if you were paying attention to the polls which i was it didn't look anything like what the polls had predicted now we knew the mail-in votes had to be counted and it was interesting to see which states did the mail-in votes first uh, versus the ones who did the mail-in or counted the mail-in votes later, right? right. Obviously, we know which ones those were, yes. right? By how everything panned out. But it was just interesting to see, like, okay, I'm not going, because some people in my group chat was like, I'm going to stay up and watch this throughout the night. And I was like, no, I'm going to bed. Yeah. And so when I woke up, it was almost like a complete turn of events overnight. Um, Biden was beginning to close uh, in on was I think Wisconsin and Michigan at the time. Yeah. Um. I think Pennsylvania was still like Trump had a wide margin by Wednesday morning or whatever. Right. So it was just interesting to see how the turn of events played out, man. Um. So yeah, of course I I did vote Biden. Um. And I was relieved. I was definitely re- I was I was just concerned because I, I had already seen what damage had been done in terms of just how divisive our country had gotten. Right. And I just didn't think Trump getting elected again was going to be the remedy or the cure for that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. What does because your your wife, I mean, your wife's an a.k.a. You're mm-hmm. you know. Um, you have boys, but from your wife's perspective, what did it mean to see Kamala as VP and her give, delivering her speech and 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 doing her thing? Like, what 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 did that do for your wife? Uh, I love my wife. 
So I talked to my wife about. <laughs> 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 so I talked to my wife about it. And I asked her. She was just like, you know, it really made me proud to be. And she was like, I know it sounds cliche, but it made me really proud to be an American. Mm. It just made her proud. And and from what I gathered from from talking to her, I talked briefly to my sister uh, last night as well, um, my niece, who's uh, about to pledge, aka, oh, okay. um, they were glued. Can like, you say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I didn't. You know. Yeah. Um, yes. How many people listen to this podcast? Again? <laughs> so, like, she's about to. You know what I mean? So yeah. she identified. Like, it, it was just. It was just a moment. Gotcha. And you can tell just looking at social media what it meant. To black women to see uh, Kamala be vice president elect and to see her come out, yo, she was glowing. Yeah, um, when as she, she should have been, as she should have been, yeah. she was definitely glowing. Um, it just, it just, I could see women just feel. It's almost like women, black women, have always been a big part of the political process as it pertains to voter turnout and being involved in the political process. You know, in our, in our uh, state or in our city, we elected four women judges, black women who are going to be judges. So women have been a big part. I mean, you look, look at Atlanta, uh, Mayor Keisha, Keisha Lance Bottoms. I mean, we black women have been playing a vital role in politics and have been making noise. So to see a black woman rise to be the first woman yeah as vp i mean you we've had sarah palin in the past who was on a uh, who was on a ticket um i think there's been another woman in the past too i think really? i think okay i don't think they got real far but right. we've seen you know what i mean so um to see that i felt like black women felt validated you know what i mean that's kind of the vibe i got from a lot of black women they just felt validated for how much they have been a vital part of the political process, especially for the Democratic Party. Right. And so it was almost like the same feeling that we just had as black people when Barack Obama became president. It's just like, finally, you see us. Like, we are seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We are a vital player in it. So that, that's just kind of what I took away. What about you, man? So, Walker, you know, I love to tell my stories, right? Um, so I get the alert uh, about, you know, the the election being called by the AP and I'm still kind of, you know, <laughs> still a little uneasy about it. Cause I'm, I'm still like, hey, you know, news, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I go and I search and, you know, more and more people are saying the same things. So I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe Biden did win. And uh, so I connected with my wife cause I was, I was with a client at the time, but I connected with my wife later on and I said, babe, you better have some pink and green on. I don't care where you're wearing it, but you need to be wearing it. And you know, she asked me, Walker. What's that? For what? And then that's when you said. <laughs> I mean, did she know? No. She didn't know what happened? No. So when you told her what happened, she said. She said, oh, did they really win? And I was like, yeah. She was like, okay, so now I see what you mean. So I said, like, look, look. I'm going to be home in about 20 minutes. When I get there, pink and green better be all on your back. <laughs> of course, I got home and she was wearing blue. 
That's that's what she voted. <laughs> right. <laughs> but nah, um, we uh, we went we went to my mom's <laughs> last night. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's you're about to say something about something my mom gave you. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean, you mean this delicious, lovely red velvet I, cake over here? I, oh man, like I can't wait. I can't wait. I might send you a video of me eating it just so you can slow send, motion. Yeah. I may slow it down. I may slow it down. At any rate, uh, we were, thanks, thanks, Mama Gat. We were going to buy uh, my mom's house last night just to kind of hang out, and uh, I was asking her. I was like, you know, as a as an HBCU grad, which you are, as an AKA, which you are, tell me what this means. And you know, my wife, my wife's a woman of few words, and she was like, you know, it, just, it was good. And that was that was pretty much it. And I was like, man, I am like way more emotionally invested in this than you are, you know. So I told her, I was like, you know, as your husband, knowing what I know about you and what you stand for and all you've accomplished, I am proud for you in this moment, you know, because mm-hmm. this because um, with with Kamala being VP, this is a reflection of all that you've worked for and all that you want to become. Validation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, as your husband, I'm proud of that. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's if it stuck with her or not, but, you know, it, it meant a lot to me. What did you get? What was the sound effect you got in return? <laughs> I'm I'm sentimental. I'm emotional. Like like I just I just really feel that stuff. And I'm not saying my wife's not, but like on the on the surface, she just can be really dry. So I don't know. It may it may not hit her for for a week or two. I don't know. My wife didn't say she. You know she broke out in singing. I'm proud to be an American okay. um, in her silly way. <laughs> but I could tell because of how glued she was to this whole process, and I could tell by just how because i think when biden went up to like do his speech she listened for a part of it and then she went upstairs but when kamala spoke she was like paying attention yeah, she's locked in. so i could tell just body language wise what that moment meant to her as a woman right you know what i mean yeah and i'm pretty sure you know even if you're not you know you're you're not a woman but you're an hbcu grad i can i can imagine what that moment meant and i'm glad you pointed that out as well like what that moment meant as well sure um i'm pretty sure if you man if you graduated from howard like you were just chest out yeah Yeah. man yeah man so um yeah i i just thought it was i thought it was i thought it was dope let me ask you this bro we did see the voter turnout kind of dip for black men um in 2016 82% 82% of black men showed up for Hillary. In this election only 80%. Um according to an NBC news survey. It looks like what what do you, what do you take from that? What does that mean? 20% of black men who voted voted for Trump Pence. Right. So what 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 does that mean to you? This and this is a question I had for you on my notes because okay. I, I I'll be honest, Walker. I didn't know what to make of this, um, but I'll give you my best uh, my best effort in terms of trying to answer this question. All right. Uh, I, <laughs> boy, I guess running up into the uh, the uh, climax of the election season. Uh, my my uh, Instagram feed in particular was starting to get fed with uh, ads about uh, Black Lives MAGA, right? Yeah, and I was seeing images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of that? No. Okay. So it's a movement. It's it's from what I could tell, it was kind of centered in the South Florida area, 
But a lot of that stuff was just getting in my Instagram feed. And so I was seeing images of uh, men who look just like you and I pulling these Trump flags, wearing shirts that said Black Lives MAGA. And uh, it made me think, because I I will be honest, Walker, a part of me leading up to that was like, (laughs) if you're a black male in America... I'd be willing to bet a lot of money you would not, you know, circle Trump on your ballot. Well, that was my thought. Okay. So I start seeing this. I'm like, whoa, there's a faction of guys out here like that are actually riding for this. Right. So I did what anyone else would do. I clicked on it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, funny. Yeah. So so I started I started seeing things and I started doing a little bit of research. And Walker, you know, you know what's really interesting? Um, we saw the we saw the Waynes, we saw the Cubes, right? And you know, even earlier in his term, we saw the John Grays, you know, all you know, getting close to the Trump administration. Uh, what I found out by clicking on this particular ad was that a lot of these men, these Black Lives MAGA men were inspired by those things and they were on the side of and they're, they're come from the vantage point of we need to give Trump more time you know this is not all on Trump like the divisiveness we've seen and things like that and they're just recirculating these images of Trump meeting with these you know high-powered black people black men and questioning like you know if you are a black man how can you not vibe with this and ju- and then just kind of kind of in a sense, painting painting a, a picture of the struggle to to reach unity hmm. saying things like it's not always going to be pleasant but mm-hmm. we have to appreciate a president who gets a lot of flack for being a racist we have to appreciate a president who is at least has his doors open to meet with black men and try to mend the fence hmm. alright so so once I removed myself from that, <laughs> I had questions. And my questions were like, well, why would he say this? Why would he say that? Why would he do this? Why wouldn't he say this? Right. You know? Right. Right. So, uh, you know, of course, I did not interact <laughs> with this different BLM movement. Uh, but it left me with questions. And, and, you know, when I started researching voter metrics and things like that, uh, voter breakdowns, and I saw that same, uh, what, 20% you said? Right. I was like, okay, it's got to be from guys like this. Perhaps. And I'm not, I mean, saying, I'm sure. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not. Okay. I just, personally, <laughs> I just have uh, opposing You don't feel thoughts. the same way. Right. You just, right. Don't, you just don't agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, that's really the most I can give you in terms of my my formulation of an answer to that question. Okay. Uh, what I would say, we have to remember that, again, we say it all the time. It sounds cliche, but black people are not a monolith. Exhibit A right here, if Walker. We're not a, if we're not a monolith, then our votes aren't monolithic, right? Right. right. So that means that we see a diff. We see a completely wide spectrum of blackness as it pertains to how we voted, right? Or or our approach to this election, right? You have black people who long term Republicans. 
You have black people who may not be considering themselves Republicans, but they vibe with Trump. You may have black people. You still have black people who didn't vote at all. Right. Right. They right. stayed home. Yeah. You have black people who consider themselves staunch Democrats. Right. You have black people who cannot stand the ground that Trump walks on. True. Right. Yeah. And that that determined who they voted for that affected their vote. Yeah. Right. So, again, you have this wide spectrum of people. And so I don't think that it's fair to put all black people in a box and just say that, hey, we vote one way because you can't say that about any other group. True. You can't say that about white people. Right. Right. Their metrics are way more diverse. All across the board, yes. just like every other group. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think that's one thing we have to keep in mind. But also, too, I think when Barack ran the first time, the black male vote was like 96 percent. Right. And I think it dipped maybe like a one percentage point in the second. Second. Yeah. One or two points. It's crazy. And then it began to drop. It dropped drastically in 2016. Right. And what I think is that. What I take from that is that I think that I don't think this is more of an indictment on black men as it is an indictment on the democratic party mm. this is how this is what i mean by this and I'm, I'm gonna use some examples i think that black men are starting to become the next swing voter in my opinion and and the reason why is i think that when you have a dip like that if you're the democratic party you have to evaluate your messaging we saw in florida what happened to the latino vote right and all that was messaging right basically all trump said was uh biden is a socialist kamala is a communist right didn't need any facts didn't need anything to prove that but that resonated that was the messaging that resonated most with that group of people right and because the Democrats really haven't. Yeah, they may have a plan for Latinos and whatnot, but their messaging. And you remember, we, we've been talking about this leading up to this election. What's the messaging? What is what is what is Biden really saying that's going to get people outside of saying we need to get Trump out of office? We need to you know, he's talking about covid. Yes, those, those things are important. But what's the messaging that's specific to that community that resonates with them? Right? right and i think in the case of the latino community with the cuban americans they did not want to to work so hard to get away from something only to have that happen in america right regardless of how factual <laughs> that claim was on behalf of trump's team right right so i think the same thing hap is happening with black men what's the messaging that resonates with black men what are you talking about in terms of jobs? Now, we know Biden has a lift every voice plan, which plans to, intends to address these things. But has that been part of the messaging? Most no. people don't even know that Biden even had a plan. That's a problem. That's a disconnect there. And so I think what the Democratic Party has to do, because even though, yes, they won the election. My God, like, dude, they eat it out. Yeah. In so many ways, it shouldn't have been this close considering what kind of a disaster Trump has been down the course of this 2020 year, how he's handled COVID, right. how divisive he's been. It shouldn't have been that close. Right. But it's about messaging. Right. And I think that's one of the things that I think 
we have to give Trump credit for is that his messaging has a way of permeating and just getting people out. He's a genius. He, right. Yeah. See what I'm saying? I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that I think we at the Democratic Party has to look at is what what messages are we sending to black male voters? Yeah. What's our messaging? What's our message to them? How are we trying to reach? What what are what are their issues and how do we speak to those issues? How do we speak to their concerns? Right. Right? Yeah. And I think if they do a better job of that, you probably could see a turnaround. But I just think they've always they their biggest the biggest indictment against Democrats is that they've always ta- taken the black vote for granted mm-hmm. and just assumed that it'll always be there. Right. So I don't have to tailor my my messaging to them because we already got them in our back pocket well right. what you're starting to see is that that's not exactly the case for black male voters so what do you do moving forward pretty much plain yeah. and simple right. um so yeah that's that's that i mean the you know the numbers still come out let me ask you this hey i had a question sure okay now go ahead you're you're on the roll you go ahead no no, no my, my my question may derail you a little bit but i like where you're going do you think Trump's going to concede? Oof, no. Okay, no. What you think about how he's been this this past week? I'm not shocked. He he told us this. Thank you. <laughs> he's you, living up to his word on this. I I can't stand. Again, I've already mentioned this. I'm I'm so turned off by like mainstream news. Mm. Why do they sit up here? And I get it. They're actors. Right. They're actors. They're performers. You know what I mean? And I feel like they have to perform and and take what Trump says and does and make it this big story because you gotta you gotta keep driving people to your show. Right. Your station. Right. But it's to your point, Trump been saying this. Mm-hmm. Trump has been asked, okay, if you lose he has never said that. Hey, I'm going to bow out peacefully. No. He's never said, he said that. that. Well, he, he he said it. He said it on social media, and he said it verbally in a debate. Right. Like he also even said that. He, again, Trump felt like Trump felt like he like there was cheating in the fact that he didn't win the popular vote in 2016. <laughs> like he's he's never it's it's always been someone cheating right, for him. Right. Like it's always been so. Yeah. Again, that was the precedent he said. So of course he's going to say that now, even with even without any any validity to it. Sure, right. Sure. And so it, to me, again, you know me, I go perusing. I just go perusing around these news streets. I just want to see what they're saying on Fox. Right. And I, when I look at what's going on on like what they was talking about on Fox, um, during the week leading up to it, it was just like wow. Like they're really going with this corruption thing. They're really going with something's up. You almost right? have to. And I'm just thinking to myself, like this is why. This is this is why we remain divided. Right. This is why we remain divided because you have again. If there's corruption, let's bring it to the forefront. Yeah. Let's bring attention to it. Right. Just bring your receipts. Bring what you got, and let's deal let's with it if it's it. a problem. Yeah. Because that. Even that's a threat to American democracy, right? If we really believe in democracy, like we say we do, and there's something that's threatening that, we should we should call it out. We right. should deal with it. But if you don't have receipts, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? 
something's wrong. Yeah, something's going on. They're counting votes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So, and again, you know, and, and I've been told, like, you've had both Democratic and Republican representatives there. Making sure things are good. So, you know, these things were sanctioned. I mean, yeah. in terms of like supervised. I mean, come on. I, it's just a reach. It's yeah. just a reach. And to me, it, I just don't see him conceding. I don't see him conceding at all. Um, no. it, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's, <laughs> this is the guy who, who was voted in four years ago. Exactly. We got, we, we got what we paid for, right? And I mean, I don't know, Walker. It's, it, it's sad because, because I think about the people who admire Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And nothing against nothing nothing against it. If you do, we all we all see different things in different people. Sure. Uh, but what is this? What kind of impact is this having on those type of people? You know, what what type of influential decisions are they mm-hmm. going to make based on what you know the current commander in chief is right. doing? You know, and and I just I I I spend time thinking like. How does that impact society? How does that make us a better America? Again, man, our value systems. I mean, they're shaped by what we hear con- consistently yeah. on a daily basis, our right. environment. So if if your ecosystem, if your ecosystem is telling you Trump is being cheated, that's what that's the narrative you're gonna go with. That's right. what that's what you think to be true. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I I I think what I learned not to do is is I've learned how to think like a Trump supporter and think like a Republican in a sense to where I don't I don't project my thinking onto them as though they see things the way that I do. Mm. Where are they getting their information from? Right. And when I turn on Fox, I'm like, I see why they're I, I understand why they think the way it they aligns. think. Yeah. It makes total sense. They're not watching CNN. I don't even care for CNN like I that. I, mean, I don't even care for MS. Like I don't even care for mainstream news They're because all filth, really. I mean, they all have a slant. It's, it's crazy how both sides know that, but right. still continue to. <laughs> I think CNN does a better job of being um, more morally honest with their with their presentation than Fox News. Okay, in a, in a sense, um, but. It's still there's still instances where I'm like, okay, guys, like I I can see where I can see the slant, right? Yeah. And so it's just for me, I understand like when you ask what are people thinking, I just think people are just a byproduct of, and and again, we don't take time to research and find out what's really going on. We don't we don't use our minds and think like, why would I want more people to come in and watch me work? You know how uncomfortable that is just for me doing my regular everyday job. Like these people under high stress trying to count these votes. It's not a perfect system because it's, it's the human element, the human component about it. There may be some errors, but I don't think that's a case for fraud. Right. Right. And I just think we just got to we just have to trust the process. And and if the pro, this is the same process no one was complaining about four years ago. There you go. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, Democrats claim that there was there was uh, there was tampering from Russia. Nothing came of that, you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Like if if it was fine then it should be fine now. There you go. So because as far as we know, no changes have been made since 2016. So yeah. Um. All right. So let's 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 shift to Biden Harris. Okay. All right, Walker. I did a little bit of listening 
to some of our earlier stuff when we started introducing uh, Kamala to the podcast in terms of I think she was a a, a Democratic nominee at one point. Presidential candidate. Yes, presidential candidate. Um, We were mildly critical of her. Uh, (laughs) It was it kind of gives a feeling of uh, we don't believe you need more people. You know, we're taking it back to when she was on the Breakfast Club and talking about smoking weed and listening to Snoop. And then we we fact checked and was like, no, you were you were uh, you were when you were in college, Snoop wasn't even (laughs) right. Stuff like that. Right. Do we feel or I'll ask you, do you feel any differently about Kamala now than you did back then? And even any I'm going to put a little put a little sauce on that question. We were critical of Biden as well. I know I wasn't a fan uh, when Biden announced his uh, decision to run for president. And then we've also given Biden a lot of heat for for disappearing on the campaign trail. Right. So. Those two factors from president-elect and VP-elect, are those different now with you, Walker? No. Okay. Not really. Because one of the things I said last week, and I will continue to say, no one is above being criticized. Okay. No one is above. No one is exempt from it. I'm not exempt from it. You're not exempt from it. Right. Right. And I think when you put yourself on a grand stage to present yourself as being a potential leader of the free world... You're going to be subject to criticism. We're going to dissect your resume and pick you apart and see if there are things that gives us pause to even want to vote for you. Sure. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think what they represent to me is better than what we currently have in office. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think, too, you have to consider at the time when we were openly critical of her, you had a field of other people running for president sure you know what i'm saying it's a little easier to be criticized then right and so i think you have to what separates you what makes you different from bernie right what makes you different from a biden like why should we go your route and and i think a lot of people was excited about kamala because again fresh face i mean we were impressed with her in the senate um been in politics like she she has the she has the the profile you know what i mean um but i was always at that time especially i was wanting someone who was really going to champion black people and have an agenda that spoke to the issues and needs that black people had and my biggest critique that i had of kamala back then was i just looked at her donors I looked at people who was donating to her, her cause. And I, I, I understand, Gatry, that's not free money, right? So that means you're, you're going to look out primarily for their interest, right? I didn't see a lot of black corporations donating to Kamala. And again, that's something that we talked about our community understanding how politics work, right? A lot of these corporations play both sides, right? Because they have their own interests. They have their own agenda. And I think that's important for black people to adopt from corporations is that I can play both sides of the field to get what my get my needs taken care of, right? I don't have to be pro-party, right? And so I think in terms of Kamala, I saw corporations donating to her. I just didn't get the feel that she had black people's issues at the top up the upper echelon of like her agenda of items does that make sense yeah yeah. and that made me kind of critical of her because i was like okay who's speaking for black people right who's speaking and at that time black people was taught the reparations talk was jumping 
You mean like we had like so what are you saying about that? Right. You know what I'm saying? And so uh that was my criticism for her. And for Biden, I mean again, Biden he would stick his foot in his mouth. Yeah. When it came to talking about things for black people, um he did not he did not speak out for reparations. Like he didn't that's not that was not something that he addressed. Um he was at that time he was denying that the 94 crime bill impacted the black like there was a lot of things again that joe biden was saying that made him a less attractive of a candidate as well sure and so yeah i just think that you know you begin you you voted based on who you felt would be a better leader for america because that was your option at this point so i don't feel differently about them um i think that now that biden since then biden did come forth with a black agenda and now i think the work has to be done to hold him accountable uh for the thing the promises that he's made while on the campaign trail and i think it's incumbent upon us as a black community to stay on them and hold them accountable to things they have promised i think Mm -hmm. our job our job as a community our job as people who want to see change isn't done it's just starting and so we have to continue to hold them accountable for their promises walker here comes my political criticism okay because i feel like in this context i represent the majority of america and what i'm about to say okay you ready sure not going to care about politics for the next 3.75 years Mm. right okay so when I think about that, and this this is truthful of me, I'm not, I'm not, I, I after the inauguration, I'm not going to care anymore. I'm not. Okay. So considering this, I'm thinking about Biden Harris and I'm thinking about everything that has happened, you know, during the last four years. And I'm concerned. Are they, are they essentially off the hook? Was the, was the whole mission was just to like I don't care what y'all do just get Trump out of there like was that the was that I felt I felt like that was the heartbeat of the election this if year that's what you cared about yes you can rest on your laurels but but Walker you just said it when it comes to like policy depth mm-hmm. we didn't get much from the Democrats well we didn't also demand anything either that's that is what scares me the most Walker. we didn't demand much that is what scares me the most and that that whole feeling. Is what drives me to be. We crucified relaxed. a guy who was trying to get that. Yeah, we crucified yeah. him. But yeah, again, that's why I had a problem with telling people just go vote because there's more. Again, I need more than just an engine in my car for my car to run and right. get me from point A to point B. And Walker, what I'm about to say now, you you're probably going to come across a desk at me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but just hear me out before you all do. Right, okay. All right. Fair enough. And we'll post every, we'll we'll send everything up. Um, deep down in my heart of hearts, I'm talking most genuine and sincere. I love the work that Stacey Abrams put in for the state of Georgia. She's my shout out. It. She is? Yeah. Okay, so we'll have more details on that later. But dude, if Stacey was sitting here right now, I would ask her a two-word question. Now what? Now what? Now what? You you influenced a large. She would have an, large, she would have some answers. Of for Of course you. she would. Yeah. But right now I don't know. Well, you know, and maybe maybe my expectations are too high, Walker. Maybe I just need to like I've seen on social media. Maybe I just need to take this step at a time, 
and celebrate and enjoy this where we are now and not think about where the country's going to be in four more years. I don't years. think there's nothing wrong with you thinking that what's next. I just think that you have to, again, I encourage people to become educated voters, not just a voter. Educate yourself on what you're voting on and why you should be voting, right? In January, there's going to be a Senate runoff race in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to determine, ultimately determine who wins the Senate. Sure. That's huge. And that's huge because that's going to determine what Biden gets to, what policies that Biden gets to push through. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, again, most people don't understand that. And I'm pretty sure the Stacey Abrams of the world is going to definitely let people know what's at stake in just two months. Right? Right. But I think when you understand the branches of government and how they work together, you understand that you don't want Biden just signing a whole bunch of executive orders. You want him to actually push policy through. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And that means you need to have a Senate in place that's going to cooperate with him. Right. True. Which leads me to my question. Do you think Joe Biden, because he, he, he talked a message of unity mm-hmm. um, in his speech, uh, which I thought was good. Do you think he's going to be able to unite the country? Sure. He has no choice. You okay. know why, Walker? Because we know right now, well, Georgia will will shape this. And I'm, I think there are a couple more states, too. Right now, the Senate is split. Right. right. At least at least from me checking this morning. It How, is. The House, I think the House is mostly Democrat. Democrat. The Senate split down Repu- the middle. Republicans have made, they've, they've put a dent in that uh, that Democratic lead. Sure. A stronghold in the House. Sure. But, yeah. So the Senate is still up for grabs. I, th- I honestly think it paints a great picture for Biden because sure. I think I think it introduces an environment to where, look, <laughs> we we cannot be more split on this. So we really don't have a choice but to work together. That's my pie in the sky, real feeling thought right there, Walker. I think it's a heartfelt message. Um I think it's a heartfelt message, Gatry. It's just that I, I don't. I have trust issues when it comes to Republicans. Um, I just don't trust. I don't. I don't trust that. We saw what Republicans have done over the past few years, right? They allowed. Now that now that Biden is president elect, they've allowed a maniac to run rampant and wild in a while in the White House while they stack the federal courts. Mm-hmm. While they gained a 6-3 majority in the Supreme Court. It was kind of like a, hey, watch this. Absolutely. (laughs) Some David Blaine stuff. (laughs) They wanted to control the legislative branch of government, the Supreme Court, as well as the exec. They wanted the Republican sweep across the board. Sure. That don't sound like a group that wanted to unite. No, you're right. And the same people are in the senate depending on how, what happens in two months if the republicans win you want to know who's leading the senate old mitch mcconnell oh, the goodness. same guy who on this same podcast we played an audio clip of him saying 12 years ago that it was their goal to make obama a one-term president right that's the same people in the senate that you got to work with yeah now joe is he's a good old boy he's a centrist He's had he's ha- actually has positive relationships with with a lot of Republicans. So maybe maybe he's able to work across the aisle with some of them. But I've watched Republicans over the past several years. Right. Yeah. 
that's a tall order to unite them. And if you have if you have Fox News over here with a whole different agenda that's educating half of the country as to what's going on, that's going to be a tall order. I think Joe has a good heart to want to unite the country. And there are a lot of people who want to unite the country. I just don't know if you get all of them on board in four years time. We saw we saw because Obama had that same message. Yeah. You saw how they just he couldn't do anything right. True. Right. Yeah. I just don't know. I just think we're so divided at this point. And I'm not saying it's not it was not going to happen. Time will tell. True. Okay. Well. Uh. But anyway, We've exhausted our election talk. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, and yeah, we'll probably talk more in a few months about sure. this, this Georgia runoff in the Senate. We're going to stay locked in. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, man, that's that's all I got there. Shall we transition on, sir? Sure. Prayer list is next, according to my notes, Walker. What you got? Alex Trebek, dude, he died today. At 80 years old. Yeah, right before you picked up that phone call uh, during pre-pod. I just happened to get an alert and I was like, wow, have mercy. Wow. Yeah. So I don't even have like, I just, I just was got Ill, that. Was he? was he? He was, he was. Yeah. I remember hearing, hearing things about that, but you know, you just, you think it's Alex Trebek. He's going to be here forever. Right. So yeah. Um, rest in peace to him. Prayers rest for peace, all, all connected to you talking about <laughs> part of the fabric of America. Cause everybody knows what that means when you hear that name absolutely so yeah absolutely anyway. and the theme music that goes along with of that. course um the baby um his brother uh passed at 34 age 34 oh my goodness. um is believed he committed suicide um and wow. the baby kind of talked he kind of talked about the fact that his brother was was going to get some help um, so apparently he was dealing with some, you know, depression, yes. mental health challenges and whatnot. Um, but he passed away. So our prayers to the baby sure. and uh, the rest of his family. Um, that's tough to lose a sibling so young. Man. Yeah. Um, Al Roker, um, you're one of your heroes on the Today Show. He recently revealed that he has uh, prostate cancer. No. So uh, our prayers for him. Uh, we miss that. We pray that 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 he overcomes this. When yeah. the dust is settled, he's still standing and is in good health and in in perfect shape. I kind of feel like if anybody can, he can. He's gone through a few things in terms of like health and medical, so he's definitely got the pedigree to do it. Absolutely, and we're rooting for him. We want to we want to see him pull through. We believe he will pull through. So prayers to him. Um, Jeannie Mai, um, Jeezy's fiance, um, recently had to quit Dancing with the Stars. She had to have throat surgery. Oh my goodness! She had an issue there, but she recently been posting that she's she's doing better. Okay. Um, you know, and nice. uh, yeah. So I saw that. Just wanted to add her to the prayer list. Didn't okay. know if you had anybody else. No, that's all I got. Praise report is that Delonte West is still continuing to progress. I actually yes. saw a video of him in the gym shooting, just just looking. You, you can just tell you can just tell when a person is just on the road back to recovery and, and trying to get a sense of normalcy about themselves. Yeah. And so he's been reunited with his family, doing better, and so uh, we're happy to report that he's still doing well. That's huge. Very much so. Um, with that, let's get Doherty, sir. What you got? Walker, I don't have much here because uh, we talked about everything that was happening this week, really. 
But I do have one thing. <laughs> Which is? Are you ready for this, Walker? I'm ready. Did you hear about Carl Lentz? No. Do you know who Carl Lentz is? I do. Okay. And for those of you who may not know, Carl Lentz, um, what is he, a minister? He's at the, one, he, of, one of the ministers at Hillsong. He's song. like senior level, yeah, Hillsong. Justin Bieber's mentor. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of been touted as the celebrity minister. Because uh, he's been credited to bringing uh, Justin Bieber to the Lord. Too much pressure, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I know, but that's America, right? Uh, so he recently was fired from Hillsong. Discuss or trash? Discuss. Okay. So uh, Hillsong's senior pastor put out a statement letting everyone know that Carl Lentz will no longer be working with the Hillsong community. And um, he... he he detailed it as a series of events that were, and I quote, unforgivable. So uh, <laughs> he puts this out on social media for a brief period of time because we're still in like election. This happened. This happened this way. I want to say this happened Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> While you were watching your polls. Um, so Carl Lentz and I, and I, I give Carl super amount of respect for what he did after this. So Carl Lentz sees this and there's a mini storm brewing on social media because he's, he's got such an impact on so many people. Huge following. Yeah. So he like comes. He has friends in high places. Right. For sure. He comes out and says, look, y'all, I cheat on my wife. Whoa. I'm not mad at Hillsong. This is on me. He puts all this out in the social media posts. And so, uh, of course, you know what happens after that, the backlash and you know the you know you know how it is on social media. Everybody's got a stone to throw at you at that point. Yeah, because everyone else is perfect. Yeah, of course, on social media. Of course. I know right. I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no keyboard warriors, <laughs> Twitter fingers. You know all the folks. Right. Uh, so he 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 let everybody know exactly what happened and why why he was uh, no longer going to be working with Hillsong. And uh, Walker, I just personally, while I don't condone infidelity, I in this situation have a lot of compassion for Carl. This is unpopular opinion, by the way. That's why I love it. Uh, Carl is a man who was thrust into a, a super high-profile position. I'm sure, uh, whether directly or indirectly, he's been told that he has positively impacted the lives of thousands, if not even more than that, right? Sure. And so we're all human, even if we are sent here to project the message, pro- project God's word. We are still human at the end of the day, which means we will sin and we will fall short. Okay. So uh, I can only think, it was hard for me to imagine, but I can only speculate what kind of environment Carl was in and what kind of things or what kind of things are presented to him. You know, (laughs) read between the lines there, Walker. And I know that has to be a lot of pressure. Listen, I'm a straight male, like, Carl's, Carl's, he's not a bad looking guy. Right. And he's stylish, high profile, the whole nine. He he runs with like, so he's friends with Katie. He's friends with like guys in the league. Yeah. I think he does something with the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I think, oh, too. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I think he has some type of role he okay. had with them or has with them. Was he, was he on Nacho's thing, too? The um, questions to ask a black man? Was that him? I don't know. Okay, I okay. know he's he's done a lot of those. So I, I he, meant to research that, and I didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Next week we won't have to worry about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> um, but no, like I, 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 
he's very high profile and again man like that like even before you led into it i was like that's a lot of pressure yeah just to just be in that role and be that guy that's a lot of pressure oh yeah um yeah man i i think it just depends it it, it depends on how you handle that it's a very delicate situation right because you do you do want to uphold your standard whatever it is your standard is right for your church but at the same time you don't want to cast people away at the same time and did he did he actually say the word unforgivable the senior pastor yeah. Of song yeah that was in his social media post yeah interesting which is weird for like, how can you say that and then, that's and then, interesting but, but walker it make it makes me so it makes me so that's angry very at the church because i'm not i'm not really mad at you making the decision to remove carl from hillsong but the way the way that the way you, it was done yeah and you can't you use outcasted ter- him you can't use terms like that you outcasted him yeah yeah think about the people who are already gun shy about coming to christianity you black, you black sheeped them right yeah so that's why i kind of again again i want to say this i don't commend carl for stepping out on his wife i don't absolutely but i can i can really commend carl for the way he handled it he could have easily just removed himself from social media deleted all of his accounts all that stuff that we normally see not talk about it but he, he stepped up and owned it and i think that does a lot for the church well that's a whole i mean that's that's what you're supposed to do right biblically you're supposed to confess your sins you're supposed to you know what i mean um i i've seen churches that that um i would say suspend a person in a role like that like i i think i think i don't and again i don't know i don't think we know the full story let's just be real let's 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 also talk about that it could be a history of this that's a good point i don't know true um but if it is the way it's being presented if it is a if it is a one-off type of situation um then my thing is Carl needs to Carl needs some discipleship. He needs to be he needs to be surrounded by men who can hold him accountable. Um he may need to fall back and the energy that he spends doing all these other dope things, he needs to focus on himself and his family. And I think the church should be hands-on and available to help him in that role and because that's where your time and energy and effort needs to be, I don't think you're able to give people who are submitted to you under your role as pastor i don't think you can give them the attention that you're going to be giving yourself and your family so for that you need to take a uh, you need to step down yeah temporarily sure you know what i mean for the time being indefinitely right right? but yeah the way it was done yeah i could see why it would leave a bad a bad taste in your mouth or anyone else's mouth for that walker listen to me i'm gonna say this and we'll move on okay true story i was coming in this building I think it was Wednesday afternoon. And I shared an elevator with a lady who bragged on my teeth. Was talking about how my smile was. Okay. It's not attracted to this lady at all, Walker. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you I didn't feel the type of way about it. I've never cheated on my wife. I had no plans on cheating on my wife. I did not cheat on my wife. But I I think about that that one exchange in the elevator for me Mm -hmm. times 10,000 is probably what Carl's dealing with. (laughs) They're going to break at some point. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. Carl was in a unique situation um, that many, most married men aren't in. True. 
And so I would need to, to cast stones at this guy. No, I mean, I don't think that's our place to do that anyway. Right. But I, I just I, I just think that, you know, prayers for him, man. Yeah. Um, and I like Carl. Like, I, I've seen him on a few podcasts and he just seems like a real even real keel, cool dude, real laid back man. dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would never guess pastor <laughs> seeing him. But you can tell by how he cares himself, there is something different about him. So, um, yeah, man, prayers for him and his family. I hope they're able to work through that because um, I think that's what's most important other than his role with Hillsong or being a pastor or anything, that that he's right with God and that his family, he's right with his family. So, right. um, Speaking of which, now that we're on the subject of that, um, are you familiar with the rapper Reason out of TDE? No. You've never heard of the rapper Reason? He actually dropped a project that I actually like. Okay. And uh, he was on a breakfast club and it became a topic of discussion this past week. And he was basically uh, saying, paraphrasing that men should get credit for not cheating in their relationships. Give me some credit for not cheating. Uh, this falls into the, 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 the title of relationships, which I know is near and dear to your heart. Discuss the trash, Gatry. Let's discuss this, Walker. So, again, his thing is, yo, show me love. I haven't been cheating. So, what do you think about that? I'm with reason on this. This is a thought that is ping-ponged in my head okay. that I have not had the gall to produce. Um, so I'm Why think, not? Uh, just because I've fallen, not victim. <laughs> That's not the right term. But I've I've grown accustomed to... Whether I want to admit it externally or not, this is what we're supposed to do. And, okay. so, and so when I have thoughts like, man, give me credit for being good out here in these streets, especially like a black man, because you know the type of stereotype we have, stereotypes we have, show me something, you know, like affirm me okay. <laughs> for, for doing what I'm supposed to do and some on these streets. Give me credit for that. But then you you know what you know what kind of thoughts I have that conflict that mm-hmm. I'm looking across <laughs> across the way in my marriage, and I'm looking at a spouse of mine who too has not cheated on me, but I don't I don't necessarily feel the same way, which is a problem. This is why I haven't been able to project this externally. But go. we're going to empty we're emptying the emotions out right now. So uh, I applaud you, reason for saying that in terms of men. But we got to keep that same energy and give these, and I'm using us in context, but give these beautiful black women the credit they deserve for walking the straight and narrow as well. You know, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you ride with that because that's the other side of it. That's not being said. And I'm glad you brought that up because if we're going to be real about it, we're going to be real about it. Your wife probably has more opportunities to cheat than you. 100%. Especially we're talking about this guy in the blue shirt. <laughs> Just listen, saying. <laughs> listen, my wife gets hit on way more than I get hit on, right? That's, well, I'm not gonna say that's not true, but no, like I, that's like my my wife, like she tells me, like yeah, I, I get hit on, but nothing like what she does, nothing mm, like wow. what she does. Okay, and so if I'm going to if I'm going to expect her to be, hey, thank me, I'm a good man, <laughs> I need to be like. You're an amazing, exceptional woman. And I think you start getting into that words of affirmation thing. And for a lot of guys, we want that. I think I'm going to put it to you this way. 
not cheating should be low hanging fruit for us as men. Right. You're in a committed relationship, guys. Like you're thanking me for agreeing. You you want me. I want you to thank me for agreeing to be in a committed relationship. Right. Is basically what you're saying. It's almost like saying, yo, boss, I should get a raise because I agreed to come to work today. <laughs> That's a low hanging fruit. Like, right. what are you doing when you show up yeah. in this relationship? Right. And so what I'm saying is, is that my wife does give me affirmation. She thanks me when I do certain things around the house or when I do things like she she appreciates that. And that that means a lot to me. I'm going to be honest with you, Gatry. Yeah, I want my wife to affirm me and being a good husband and a good man to her. But I've never been like, you know what? She ought to thank me for not going around here cheating. Like, I don't be thinking about that. Right now. My only question to a guy like reason is, why is that on your mind? There are other ways to be good to your woman above not cheating. That's a really good question, Walker. See what I mean? Like there's that shouldn't be the only way you express how good of a man you are by Mm. not cheating. What else you got going on? Reed? That's low hanging fruit. And that's yeah. why a lot of women who have been really good to you will look back at you and say, oh, really now? Yeah. yeah. With all the opportunities that they have to cheat. Right. Right. No, they don't because they love you and are committed to you as we should be. Sure. Right. So that's my only thing with that is that, guys, that shouldn't be the bar. <laughs> Not cheating shouldn't be the bar. Right. That should be we should be able to easily clear that bar. What else are you doing in your relationship that's going to mean something to your woman? Hmm. I don't know. Good point. Um, what you got? Walker. I don't even know why this is in here. Kanye got 61,000 votes according to CNN. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Trash. Um... I am not going to mention that <laughs> at all. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna alley up this one for you to trash if you want to. You okay. may want to discuss it. The NBA set to return December 22nd, just in time for Krimo. Because mm. you know they got to get that Krimo money with all them 11 games they play. <laughs> Don't do that. What? Don't do what? 11 games. You know they play games all day long. True. Oh, you mean the 11 games on Christmas Day? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And listeners, what Walker means by 11 is more like six. <laughs> oh. It's <laughs> <Just> close. <laughs> let's, let's, let's briefly touch on this because I have my thoughts about this. All right. Okay. Uh, Walker, if you hear a noise in the background, that is the money train uh, being conducted by uh, none other than Adam Silver. So all this says is we lost a ton of money this year because we had to change the way we structured our season. Mm-hmm. How do we recoup this for all of our business partners and, of course, our owners? Walker, we've seen or we've heard about things like Stephen Curry having to take a pay cut in order to play a full season this year. You heard about that, right? Yeah. So this, this to me, I, I get it. But this to me, really, Walker, just feels like a money grab. Just okay. for just for those big ballers at the top who cut the checks to these multi-million dollar athletes. Hey, man, they're in the business to make money. I, true, I ain't mad at true. it. And we want to see basketball on Christmas anyway. So it's it will be awkward not having basketball on Christmas. And then what are you going to do? You're just not going to have it for what reason? I mean, the only concern was that the season ended so late. You wanted to give them some kind of an off season because basically you're talking about having training camp start this month 
Has there been a draft already? No. Ooh. So you're squeezing in a draft. Everything that comes with, you, you know, gotta have a draft. Rookie, rookie camp, rookie symposium, which the NBA has. I don't even know if you're going to have any. I don't know how that even works. I'll do it virtually, I guess. I don't know. But it, it, I'm it, just saying the time crunch. How do you yeah. fit all that in? And just then you have training camp. Have, have virtual training camp. I don't care. <laughs> just have stuff for me to watch on Christmas Day. <laughs> so, again, again, they understand that. Me. I follow to the track. Yeah. Yeah. You talking about money. You just want to see ball. <laughs> I don't, didn't think like that till you said it. Because you made me think like, okay, if I don't have this on Christmas Day, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some NFL. Think about it. I'm going to have some NFL. I'm going to have some. No, that is Thanksgiving, bro. Say, what's the difference? What do you mean, what's the difference? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> There's no football on Christmas? No, it's all uh, 11 games. 11 NBA games. Oh. <sighs> Thanksgiving is NFL. That's true. Where am I right now, Walker? What just I happened? I don't know. Did you put that man in black pin in my eye? <laughs> Sheesh. But right. no, that's we'll that, I that's I think that was a big that they needed that. Because you know that's a big thing. They do the special jerseys. Yeah. They do all this stuff for Christmas right. and whatever. We usually end up in LA. And it's nothing open, so what are you going to be watching at home? Out, uh, outside of movies and, you know, Disney Plus. But what what else are you gonna watch? Games. That's true. We'll see. Shall we move on? Do you have anything else? I don't. Part of me wanted to talk about Clemson, but yeah. No, I was going to trash that. All right, let's get out of here then. Um, who we shouting out, bro? Walker. Speaking of the NBA, I'm going to shout out Reggie Miller, but not the Reggie Miller you're thinking about. Walker, um, my Reggie Miller's formerly Reginald Miller. He was just hired recently by McDonald's as the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, right? That's three well, different. That's a mouthful. Yeah, that's a lot, man. In short, he's just here to get McDonald's out of some mess that I'm going to talk about in a few seconds. Uh, Mr. Miller has worked with brands such as Timberland, Vans, North Face, and Walmart all helping to drive very impactful diversity efforts with these companies, right? Bringing awareness to uh, people of color who are maybe qualified or maybe more than qualified for certain positions, getting them in here, cultivating them, and getting the best out of them uh, professionally. So, uh, Walker, I don't know if you've seen this, but I didn't research this until I uh, read about Reggie Miller. Uh, Reginald Miller, I should say that, because everybody's going to think Indiana Pacers. Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Reginald uh, was brought in because McDonald's has been under fire recently about their treatment of uh, black franchisees, right? They've got uh, to the tune of... 20 maybe 30 lawsuits on the table right now all from black franchisees uh that range from uh funding discrepancies i guess for for mcdonald's and the part they play in funding these franchises and franchise opportunities in terms of expansion so uh some of these people uh, not some of these people some of these black franchisees believe that mcdonald's has kind of made or shifted their focus to inner city areas when some franchisees have wanted to move say out to the suburbs and more affluent areas saying mcdonald's essentially saying no y'all need to stay in your place right here why don't you go move down the block by the bando instead of <laughs> in the suburbs by the country club so uh yeah they, they they got some heat they brought reginald in to really see if he can uh make a splash with something like McDonald's this out here redlining dude dude it is corporate redlining walker wow i had no idea i had wow. no clue so mcdonald's prints money so they'll probably find a way to weasel out of this 
But uh, anyway, I still want to shout out Reg- Reginald Miller. Well, you, whether you do well in helping McDonald's in this capacity or not, this is super great. This is a super great opportunity for you, and we shout you out. I already mentioned who mine is, Stacey Abrams, man. Um, of course, we know about Stacey Abrams. Two years ago, she lost the Georgia gubernatorial race by 50, 55,000 votes. Um, but from that point on, she decided that not to just take her ball and go home. She remained engaged in the community. And I, what I didn't know is that she already knew about the, the, the new Georgia project. Are you familiar with that? No. Um, she launched it back in 2013. And it basically helps to register potential new voters throughout the state of Georgia in churches, college on college campuses, and in neighborhoods, right? Right. Basically increase uh, voters, um, <clears throat> eligible voters uh, throughout the state of Georgia. Um, after her race in 2018, she launched something that you may be familiar with called Fair Fight. Uh, and that's designed to target my um, young minority voters and educate them on the election process, the voting process, and their voting rights. And this is something that pushes back and fights against voter suppression, making sure that people understand where they're uh, eligible to vote or where they should go vote, determine if they are active voters or registered to vote. That was one of the big initiatives she's launched since 2018. And she also wrote a book and co-produced an Amazon Prime documentary, All In, The Fight for Democracy. And all of these things, just a grassroots effort, is what helped to flip Georgia from red to blue for the first time since 1992 when Bill Clinton won the election. And I'm going to be honest with you, Georgia has never been considered... Well, I won't say never, but for the longest of time, when you think of a swing state in the South, you think Florida, Florida, Georgia has now become the new swing state in the South. So it'll be a battleground next uh, it election will be season. Moving yeah. forward, it changes the entire landscape. And you've had a lot of activists on the ground working. But Stacey Abrams has been the face of it all. And she's been a very busy woman. And I know people... You know, there are people in conscious communities who've kind of given flack for like how she's being praised for this been and people trashing Cube. My thing is two things can be true at the same time. Um, I have never, you know, I've been a defender of Cube, but at the same time, I think we should give Stacey Abrams her flowers for at least making a difference from a political standpoint. And we can leverage people like her to advocate for our communities and do things for our communities moving forward. So shout outs to Stacey Abrams. Walker, mine is just absolute. My uh, player of the week is just stupid. I struggled with finding P.O. Dub this week. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know who I got? Who? Guy by the name of Bradley Thomas. Never heard of him. BT? Remember him off 6th Street? Off 6th Street? West Side. (laughs) Is there a 6th? I don't know. Uh, No, Bradley Thomas, uh, 25 year old former bird keeper in London, right? Um, Dang, you had to go across the pond to find this right. one. Dang. Walker, I'm sure you like you're our listeners. You're scraping the bottom of the I barrel. I really am. I really am, dude. But this one's just silly. I'm sure you're thinking, just like our listeners, like, man, you know, 
got? What do you do with a bird keeper? Why is he a former bird keeper? So uh, Bradley got in a pinch financially. And so he decided that he would steal two penguins from the zoo. <laughs> from the, uh, hold on, let me get the name of this zoo. The Lake Safari Zoo in Northwest England. Okay. Nothing wrong here yet, right? I'm waiting. So Brad says, okay, I'm still these penguins. Apparently there's a market for penguins. And uh, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to sell these penguins on Facebook. Okay. Public. Not, not even private. I'm just post out here. Hey, two penguins for sale. All right. So it wasn't hard for the authorities to track him down, obviously. Uh, so he was arrested and sentenced to 32 months in prison. Prison, not jail walker. So I know you're like me, like, you know, what is the value of a penguin? Well, let me answer that. Each penguin walker has an estimated value of $25,000. So I guess in the court, court of law in Northwest England, if your theft is at a certain amount, like it is here, I guess, um, you get different ranking uh, sentences or indictments. So that's how he ended up with 32 months. My message to the Tipping Point listeners is I don't really condone theft of any any style or kind, form, or fashion. But think about what you steal. Um, these penguins didn't deserve that. They're just out here in a zoo, which is bad enough when you think about it. They can't even be in Antarctica like living their normal life. Uh, they're in a zoo entertaining you and your family and your snotty-nosed three-year-old boy. Uh, leave the penguins alone, folks. Brad, you idiots! Think about what you steal. Is that what I said? Yes. You don't even listen to yourself, do you? What did What did I just say? <laughs> Think about what you steal. Sometimes you're gonna. I mean, it's it's real world Think walker about it's, what you're going to steal. Yeah. Think about it. Is it worth it? So. So we've already... If I were to grab your laptop and run out of here, is it worth worth it for me to steal Walker's laptop? Well, I guess where I'm trying to go with this is you're going to already conclude in your mind, I'm going to steal. I didn't say that, Walker. You said, think about what you're going to steal. Like, that's the next step after I'm going to steal something. <laughs> now think about now it. What, now what am I going to steal? And then naturally you say a penguin and then you have to allow your mental process to intervene and say, hey, this is probably not a good idea. Okay. I'm going to let you live. We should get credit for not stealing. (laughs) Okay. There's a reason for that. (laughs) Okay. I see what you did there. Thank you. Um, Oh, hold on. This just is. I am the least racist person in this room. What? (laughs) Sorry. Breaking news alert. <laughs> Back you to done? you, Walker. You done? Are you done? Okay. <laughs> My player of the week goes out to one Paula White. Not quite sure how you missed this one, Gatry. You're not familiar with the- So you've been under a rock. You have really been. A- I should have sent you the audio. Google Paula White. Google Paula White when you get in your own free time. Okay? In your own free time. I cannot believe you're unfamiliar with this. And I guess most people would be too. I thought about sending you an audio clip of this. So I, so Paula White is being shown. I think it was on, it came out on Thursday. Paula White is um, leading a prayer service. I think it was Wednesday. 
And I think the video service, the, the clip surface, it was actually, it was a live video, a live stream. She was actually leading a prayer service Wednesday uh, where she was praying for the election. And in so many ways, she was praying for a victory for Donald Trump. Now, in case you're not familiar with, you, are you familiar with Paula White? No. Paula White no is who that is. Paula White is a televangelist. Um, man, you live under a rock. She's a, she's a televangelist, televangelist, and she owns. She's a not owned, but she's a pastor of a large church in I believe the Florida area. Okay. Um, she's also a, a spiritual advisor to Donald Trump. Okay. So she's leading a press service on this past Wednesday morning, which is being streamed on Bleed Facebook Live. And she is praying uh, for a Trump victory in so many words. And so one of the the, the sound clip, which is like a minute long, um, she, she's praying. She has a nice little cadence to her prayer. And she basically is saying that God's saying that it is done that the victory for Donald Trump, it is done. And she, she prays in tongues, but then she says something. She makes a statement saying, uh, angels are coming from Africa and South America to bring victory. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole setup beyond this. Now, this puts me in a tough spot, Gatry. Okay. You and I are Christians, right? Right. Two weeks ago, my pastor, uh, Dr. Mike Moore, who has a podcast of his own called How to Win, which you can find pretty much anywhere where podcasts are being streamed, he talked about Christians and our response to the upcoming election, which is now in our rearview mirror. And he basically talked about how it's important for us to vote and pray and why it's important to vote. But one of the things that I grabbed from that message was we shouldn't talk about other Christians or beat up other Christians because of their because of who they're voting for, because we're all one body. Right. So I said yes and amen to that. And I thought that was a great, great point. Great message that my pastor made. But, you know, the devil is so busy out here. And what bothers me about this. So I'm I'm, I'm going to use this as a teachable moment, if you don't mind dealing with old Paula here. This is a teachable moment because this thing right here, what she's doing, what she did is why a lot of people don't want to have much to do with Christianity in the first place. Here you go. This is what turns people off from Christianity. And I'm going to talk about a few things. And I'm going to use the Bible. I'm going to quote a lot of scripture here just so you guys don't think it's my bias coming out. Um, And I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice to Paula. Okay? I'm not going to be mean. But I want to set the record straight on some things. The reason why this is so problematic for me, Gatry seeing her prayer is when we pray, we're supposed to pray things that are in the will of God. In other words, these are things that God wants from us. Right. Okay. First John five verse 14 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Have you ever heard that scripture before, Gatry? Uh, yeah. So in other words, our prayer should be consistent with the will of God. The will of God can be found in the Bible. Bible, right? I have searched the Bible this week. I went to the Bible app and I typed in Joe Biden. <laughs> you know how many results I got? Zero. <laughs> I typed in Donald Trump. You know how many results I got? Zero. Zero results. So you mean to tell me that in the Hebrew or Greek, there's no mention of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So if there's no mention of them, how do we know that it's God's will for either of those people to become president of the United States? How do we know that, Gatry? So if we don't know that based off the fact that that's not in the Bible, how can we pray that and know that that's God's will for either candidate mm. To be voted into the White House, right? Right. Now, second problem I have with this, just from just reading the Bible, me perusing, I'm not claiming to be a Bible scholar here, but one thing I've noticed in the Bible is that God is not going to violate our right to choose. Mm. Okay. I'm going to read out some more scriptures. I feel like I should be running the organ right here. Please run it because this is my word of the week as well. Okay. I need to do what they do in the Baptist. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Wait a minute, watch this. Take your time, baby. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Okay. In Genesis one twenty six, you know the creation. Right. God creates man and says, "Let us make man, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our own image and our own likeness, and let them have dominion." Right in the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth except for man. Right? All right. So God gave us dominion in the earth. With that dominion came this thing called free will. Mm. Talk about it. Right? And throughout the scriptures, we begin to see examples of free will. Want to give you an example? I can give you one in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Now, God wants us to live long on the earth, right? He wants right. us to be blessed. He doesn't want us to be cursed, right? right. God, who is omniscient, he's sovereign. Why, why come he just won't do it for us? <laughs> right? <laughs> Won't he just intervene? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Only if you let him. <laughs> Notice that is a choice, right, Gat? I can choose blessings or I can choose. I can make a good decision or I can make a bad decision. Right. But it's my decision, right? 100%. i give you another one. A verse that we all are familiar with, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. Doesn't that imply that we have a choice to believe or not believe? To me, it does. Yeah. We have a lot of choices that God won't even violate. And just like we have a choice there, the American people chose to have a democratic system where every four years we decide who we want to represent us and our interest in the White House. Right. You can choose Joseph Biden. You can choose Donald Trump. You can even write in Kanye West. 61,000 people did. You can choose. You have a right to choose, right? Right. 
So if we have a right to choose, why would God, who gave us the right to choose, violate that all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why your prayer got left on unread, Paula. Because God is not going to intervene in things that we can handle ourselves. He's not going to do that for us. And also, 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 we should pray. My pastor said we should pray. But we should pray not for who represents us in the White House. We should pray that they are surrounded with wise counsel, that they make wise decisions that benefit all people. First Timothy two, verse one through four says, I urge them, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Basically, Gatchery, we should pray that these people in power, regardless of who gets elected, that they make we pray for them, that they make good decisions that promote our our overall well-being shouldn't we do that Gatry? We should. that should be our prayer as christians absolutely right <clears throat> we can't dictate who god's not going to dictate who becomes president that's our responsibility right and it just so happens paula that this year we chose someone different than donald trump we chose joseph biden now four years ago in the right swing states enough people showed up for your guy that's just how it goes sometimes was she praying this <laughs> Just ask her. I don't know. Okay. And this is what bothers me. And this is what I wish Christians would stop doing. I wish we would stop being so divisive. Mm. We play a huge part in that. Got another scripture for you. Mark 16, 15. And again, I get it. I understand. I understand for you Bible scholars. I get it. Yes, God appointed David as king. Yes, he appointed Saul as king. But you want to know what that came afterwards? When the children of Israel came to Samuel and said, give us a king. (laughs) They chose to have a king. That wasn't God's idea. He then appointed those people. In every situation, God intervenes after we make a choice. God gets involved. So Mark 16, 15. Jesus says to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So that means Every preacher who I would think would consider themselves to be a disciple of Jesus, you're being commissioned to go into all the world and preach the good news. He didn't say go ye into all the world and endorse your favorite candidate and promote him across the masses. Right. 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 Reason why this is divisive and why Christians should not use their platform to promote a candidate is because when you endorse a candidate from the pulpit you basically cut your congregation thus your world in half if i'm going to tout donald trump i'm not going to be able to reach people with my good news to people who are democrats or can't stand donald trump's guts and vice versa right right if i claim to be a joe biden supporter and i'm preaching from the from the from the pulpit i'm gonna have a difficult time reaching maga Right. Right. God says reach the whole world. Right. Right. So maybe I shouldn't do things that would undermine my biggest assignment. Now, Paula White, is that me telling you to shut up and preach? (laughs) You're darn right. I am because I have a biblical right right here in basis to say that we should be being a light. Paula, you are a Christian just like I'm a Christian. Let's be a light for once in a time where the world is as dark as it's ever been. 
let our light shine so people can see our good works and want to know more about God, not be turned off by our light. Paula, you dropped the ball this past week. You did not turn your light on. (laughs) You didn't. You were repping for your boy. Okay. So I just want us to do better. Mm -hmm. The world needs to see us be a light because we still have to be an example. Right. I'm going to give Ren the week off and I'm going to invite my good friend Khaled in um, because he's a little bit more nicer about it. And I think my pastor would be proud of me being nice this week. Let's just do better. Khaled. Congratulations. You played yourself. Oh, boy. I think I navigated that one okay. Uh, I agree. Um, You got anything else, buddy? That's all I got for this week, Walker. Listen, uh, we do have a... I do want to do something different. Listen, guys. For those of you who rockin' with us, who enjoy the podcast, do us a quick favor. You enjoyed this podcast, please share it with at least one person that you know would have enjoyed listening to this. Um, we want to get our listens up, our, our our viewership up. We want to build our community. So it starts with you guys who have been supporting us since day one. Please share this podcast with at least one person you know who would like it, and we would greatly appreciate it. And with that, the doors of the Tipping Point Pod are open. Shall we go in peace? Have a great, safe week, everyone. And as always, I'm Caesar Walker. That guy across from me is Ronnie Gatchery. Our powers combined, we are the Tipping Point Podcast. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>